You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. So, Pastor Ken, um, who is my brother also, if anybody doesn't know that, uh, he's in Israel. And uh, yeah, he messaged me this morning and he said, give him heaven. And I said, well, hallelujah, that's the plan. Amen. And you know what? Actually, just in that simple statement of give him heaven, it's recognizing that heaven's been brought. It's been brought. We live under an open heaven. Jesus came and he resides on the inside of me and you, (laughs) which means we can give each other heaven. Amen. (laughs) Hallelujah. Well, I want to talk about love. Yes, I'm excited to talk about love. I have been um, going before the Lord and saying to the Lord, um, I need to encounter your love in another way because I need my love walk with people to shift to another level. And what I know about the Lord is the only way that my love walk with people goes to another level is my revelation of his love towards me goes to another place. These things go together. So, amen. Okay, so Valentine's Day is this week. So I thought we'd have a little bit of fun talking about love. I don't think, Marianne's over with our kids. She's our children's pastor. She's amazing. And, amen, some of us have known, some of us have been brought up by her even. My children. She ministered to my children, that woman. Mm, hallelujah. So Dale and Marianne, if you don't know them, they're wonderful. And they got married on Valentine's Day. (laughs) And this week will be their 35th wedding anniversary. Amen. I know they're not even in here to see us celebrate them. Woo! We love you guys. (laughs) Dale's working and Marianne's ministering to our kids, but they'll go back and they'll watch the lives. So we love you guys and we honor that. 35 years of marriage. And uh, Art and Kathy, are you guys in here? Art is, I think Kathy's with kids maybe too. She's also ministering to our children. So Art and Kathy, 41 years tomorrow. Yeah? Amen. (laughs) Amen, I love it. And then Artie and John, here's Artie and John. I just love you guys. 45 years this June. 45 years. It's beautiful. And then this is my love right here. And we'll be married 27 years. And here's what's funny. Some of these people got married around love holidays, and we got married on 4th of July. I don't really know what we were thinking. We were 18 and 19 years old, and like, it's a freedom holiday, right? And we were laying down our independence and joining into union. So I don't know. I, the Lord knew like the whole time what was happening there. So I just go back to that and I'm like, thank you, Lord. We are joined. We are free in you. Hallelujah. We are joined together. But man, it's good to celebrate love. I want to tell you a couple things that they told me. So first of all, I just highlighted these three couples. There is power in this house of people and marriages. 
And I just highlighted these three couples because specifically, and there's other couples too, Sherwin and Joanne, and of course, Pastor Ken and Liz, they have just spoke depth into my marriage and or prayed over our marriage. And it's beautiful to have people in your life that do that. And so I asked them, what would you guys share with people just talking about love? And this is not going to be a whole message about marriage, okay? We're just going to talk about marriage for a minute because it's Valentine's Day. So um, here's what Marianne says. Communicate all the time. Don't hold back. Just be loving on how you communicate. That's sweet. Dale didn't get to answer me because he was sleeping and then went back to work. (laughs) He might have said something different. (laughs) I love that, though. So Art and Kathy said, um, (laughs) I love this. Don't be at each other's throat all the time. (laughs) Don't nitpick at one another. It's just simple truth, right? Just don't do that. Just love each other, okay? And Artie and John have several. These are heavy, 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 okay? I'm just going to give you bullet points. Never use the D word. Focus on the Lord. Forgive readily. Grow in the Lord together. But listen to this part. Praise God for any good step. Side nugget. Sometimes with our spouses, we can look at each other and say, you're not going as fast as I am. And I love that actually they said, look, look at any good step and you celebrate that thing right there because that's what's honoring to our spouse and that's what's honoring to the Lord. Amen. Um, <clears throat> humor. Yes, have humor. They actually are funny. They are funny. John has like a, a more like dry, witty sense of humor. So sometimes I'm like, are you kidding? And then he'll tell me he's kidding. I'm like, that's funny. Now that I know you're kidding. <laughs> But I love them. I love them, and I love what they speak into my life. And here's this one, fun. Um, Plan time to be intimate. Make time to do it. Okay? That's what they're saying. I'm just telling you the truth. Like, I am telling you, I have ministered to a lot of women over the years. And here's the thing. Like, you guys have heard the five love languages. Yeah, so, like, a lot of men will tell you, like, physical touch is their thing. And what we have found is the thing that will kick the enemy in the face faster than anything he is trying to do is be intentional about intimacy in your marriage. There's your side nugget. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so, so I want to minister um, on love. And Pastor Kent, last week, I didn't know he was going to talk about the love ladder with you. So who was here last week? Oh, a whole lot of you. Amen. So this is going to be like a catch up and I'll give you a quick review if you were not. So I didn't know that he was going to talk about the love ladder and already the Lord had told me today I'm going to have you minister on love. And um, so he began, I was actually at the Bonterre campus and I was watching and I was overwhelmed at what he was sharing because I had just been back and had been reviewing through the love ladder and talking to the Lord about my love walk with people. And so um, that's really what I want to focus on today. I'm going to do a really quick review, and then we're going to focus on the highest level in agape love. That's where we're going to spend our time, okay? So a quick review of a love ladder is looking at these five stairs, if you can picture them. And on the very lowest one is simply acknowledging people as a human, And so you can go back and listen to Pastor Kent's message. This is powerful because it's a practical way of beginning to um, look at how we're looking at people (laughs) 
and then go to the Lord over individual relationships. So it's just acknowledging people as human. The next one is tolerate one another in love. Anybody ever feel like they've just been in tolerance? <laughs> Sometimes that happens. The next one is to actually prefer one another. So to prefer one another. And the next one, which is stair number two, is a phileo, to show affection, an affectionate love. And then the very highest one is an agape love. And this is God's kind of love. This is God's kind of love. So I really want to spend time talking there. Um, God desires for us to walk out in agape love. We would all agree on that. That the very highest place, he's really asking that we would walk out in agape love to each other. But to walk out in agape love means we need to encounter that agape love. We can't give out something that we haven't actually received. And so here's one thing that's so foundational. Jesus came while we were still sinners, and he died for us. The word says that God so loved us, he went first. <laughs> I love that. So that love is there, and it's tangible from each one of us, and we're made by God to know him and to be loved by him. And so I've just been settling more and more into this place of saying, Father, I've had such beautiful encounters of your love over my life, and I want those to spill on a higher level onto people in my life that you put me in contact with. And so that really just goes back to going into a deeper place of receiving love from the Lord. We don't even have to complicate it any more than that. So we're going to talk about what that looks like. So Matthew 22, 36, let's just lay out a couple truths really quick here. The word does what it's intended to do. So it says, um, Jesus, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus said to them, you shall love, which is that word there is the agape, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, that you shall love, and that word love also is agape, your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. And what Jesus was saying right here in these two things is that our moral obligation, if you want to put it that way, in the word love is expressed in a twofold direction. God and people. It's just love. <laughs> God and people. And so I had to go begin to just settle back into what this love actually looks like. So let's talk about how do we walk out in agape love. I'm going to line out some scriptures for you guys, and then I'm just going to share like a lot of personal testimony. Because I believe that when we, the word of God says in Revelations 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we're saying, do it again. And this is how overcoming is done when we begin to testify of what Jesus has done. And the thing I'll say to you is what he has done in my love walk and what he is doing in my love walk, he will do in your love walk. I'm determined that not only are we going to leave here today, I believe it, I see it, that not only are we going to leave here today with just a deeper revelation of God's desire to be with us in this love walk, but actually have some filter shift on our love walk towards other people. Amen. The world needs it. The world is groaning <laughs> to be loved right. It tries to come up with all kinds. People try to come up with all kinds of ideas of design of what love should look like. Why don't we just go back to the designer and ask him what love should look like and just don't make it any more complicated than that. Amen. So let's look at John 16, 12 and 13. 
So the point I want to make as we go into this is just really two points about this. It's by his spirit that we know truth about love, and by his spirit we receive it. That's kind of one point altogether because we have another one. But by his spirit, we know about love. And by his spirit, we receive it. God's a spirit. And when we have invited Jesus to come into our lives and he has filled us with his spirit, we now commune with him spirit to spirit. So when we get like out of sync or we watch people in the world sometimes and it feels out of sync how the love walk is going, it goes back to this place of spirit to spirit is how we commune with the Lord. And this is the place in which we continue to have the revelation of God revealed to us. So it's spirit by spirit. But I love this because look at what he's done for us. So John 16, 12 through 13. So Jesus is saying here, I still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you the things to come. Amen. So we have a promise through the Holy Spirit that this is how truth comes into our life. So when people want to know what love should actually look like, it's by the spirit of God that it's revealed. And you know what we get to do as the vessels, as the funnels, as the conduits, is when people aren't positioned to receive the love of God in in a way that feels tangible. God is doing things all the time that people aren't recognizing. But in a way that they're recognizing, he's using us. He's using us through our lives to pour into the lives of other people for them to actually experience love. And so we know here it's by his spirit that truth has come and it's revealed. And then let's look at, well, let's not go there yet. We're going to go to Acts 2.33 in just a second. But I want to share something with you. Pastor Kent referenced last week, and a bunch of you were here, about Peter. And there was this exchange that went on in John 21. And it's like talking about Jesus and Peter. And Jesus is saying, um, you know, Peter, do you love me? And this exchange that keeps going back and forth is Peter keeps responding with a phileo kind of love. And God's really wanting Peter to respond with agape kind of love. And then finally, Jesus meets Peter really where he's at in the language. And he finally asks him for a third time, Peter, do you phileo? Do you affectionately love me? And Peter's like, yes, Lord, I affectionately love you. And the Lord began to reveal something to me that goes back to why things are by his spirit is because if we fast forward here, Peter now on the other side of the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit has been poured out, operates differently. There's a revelation that has come to him by the spirit of God about God's love over him and what God says about him in that love walk. It created a bold courageousness over Peter's life. Peter went from telling the very ones, like he was denying him, right? Multiple times Peter was denying Jesus before the people when Jesus was getting ready to go to the cross because he was afraid of his own life. And so on the other side of the day of Pentecost, let's look at Acts 2.33. And it says, therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. 
This was already after, if anybody's familiar with the story, I'm like, the people are getting baptized in the Holy Ghost, and um, they, people think they're drunk. <laughs> and Peter's like, they're not drunk. <laughs> That's not what's happening right here. And we see that there was an outpouring. Jesus had told them, go and wait, because there is more truth to come than what you actually can bear right now, but it's coming. And God is going to pour out his spirit. And it will be by his spirit that he will lead you into such a deep and beautiful truth about God and what actually was happening at that moment. They couldn't even fully comprehend. But yet here comes the Holy Spirit. And then a fuller revelation begins to come on their lives. Now Peter is literally telling people the same ones that he was afraid of. He's literally saying, you put them on the cross. <laughs> like, Come on. And right away, what happened after the Holy Spirit was poured out on them is that 3,000 people were added to the church that day. That's just in their little vicinity of where they were. Come on, they don't even have microphones. This is just whatever that looked like. <laughs> Whole bunch of people just gathering together out in a courtyard somewhere. And Peter's like, I tell you now. <laughs> like, I'm, ima I'm imagining him being like a herald. So this man went from I'll go back to Revelations 12, 11 again. We overcome by the blood of the lamb. And the verse there ends, and it says that um, we overcome by the blood of the lamb. And it actually says at the very end that we didn't love our lives even unto death. So Peter shifted from a place right there where he said, it ain't about me. <laughs> I'll die for this now <laughs> because I have experienced a revelation. And there's that kind of revelation about God's love that he really wants us all to come and to step into. And so I've encountered the love of God on some really radical ways. And so I just want to testify about some of those encounters, knowing that the same thing that the Lord has done for me is absolutely his desire over you. Yeah, it's his desire over you, Kristen. <laughs> oh, there's such a joy of the Lord upon you. Hallelujah. So when I was 18 years old, I was already married. And man, I got married at 18. Come on. Like, what do you, what do, you do with that? This man put up with a lot. <laughs> but what I did know is something that my parents had taught me. This is my dad right here and my stepmom. That sounds weird to say that. Can I say like other mother? I feel like that sounds nicer other mother. My first mother, is this a line from a movie, you're not my mother? My first mother <laughs> is in heaven with the Lord. And actually some personal testimony I'm going to share with you is about my mother. But then this is my father and my other mother. And so I don't know where I was going with all that. But anyway, they, they shared love to me in my life. My parents watched generational things that were wrong become right in Christ. That's what they did over us. Like I'm a walking, living testimony of where the enemy had come in, everything, bad murder, like it's all, it's all the, the baddest stuff you can imagine, the baddest stuff. And actually in my husband's family too, there was murder, his own father was murdered. And there's just like, the Lord comes in and he goes, Whoa. is that an onomatopoeia? Is that what you call it? My husband tells me, sometimes you don't finish a sentence, you just make a noise. <laughs> and I'm like, it's okay, we understand what I'm saying. <sighs> the Spirit of God came in, and a fresh wind blew. <laughs> and the things were moved that needed to be moved. And children were birthed 
that need to be birthed into kingdom business, into the things that God has called us into. Amen. So this is the truth on any of us. So let me say, if you're saying, I didn't grow up in that, it doesn't change your identity of who you are in Christ. You are adopted, which means you were actually chosen. There was no accident about you. There was no accident about me. And let today the love of God begin to wash over you in such a way that you see generational things begin to shift right now. Like to leave right now and see the changes take place. My parents did that step. And God is just so faithful. He's just so good. Okay, so I was 18 and I was driving in my car. And I was working this job. And we were already married. And um, my mind wasn't right. Because I had spent several years. I, you know that term that like we'll say about young girls when they decide that boys are sweet? And then we'll call them like girl crazy or boy crazy. Don't call them girl crazy. Don't do that. Call them boy crazy, if anything. But let's not call them boy crazy at all. But like I was that girl. Like I was that girl where from like a real young age, like the enemy will work the same kind of things. I was growing up in a godly home with a father that loved me and with a mother that loved me. But like he's out for the same agenda to kill, steal, and destroy. And this is actually why our children, and thank God that this is a generation being raised within families in this church that I will say that know and are falling deeper into the love of God and knowing who they are in Christ and enemies being chopped at the head. We see it coming. We know. <laughs> so I was dealing with some things like from a really young age, from the age of about 10 until about 18, where I was just fixated on boys. Like my life was not complete unless there was a boy approving of me. And so now I finally settled and the, my moral compass knew and understood the commitment I made to my husband and the faithfulness that needed to be there now, even at 18. But like, I didn't really know how to do it. And I remember working one day and I was driving and I was at an intersection, which is fun. I remember the place and the moment. Do you ever feel like you're at an intersection and you're like, I have got to figure out what I'm going to do right now. I'm at a crossroad. And I remember crying out to the Lord and I was baptized in the Holy Ghost as a young girl and I could pray in the spirit. And then for years of my life and my teenage life, I didn't do that. And so I was re-encountering the love of God. And I've even heard it taught that being baptized in the Holy Ghost is like a baptism of love. And so I was just at the intersection and I was crying out to the Lord. And all of a sudden, and it switched. It was like a switch went off of me. No one was in the car with me. I said the Holy Ghost. And I, I didn't even know what to ask the Lord for. I just said, I need you, I need, I need to be okay right now. I need to be okay with the path that I'm on right now. That was my cry out. And I just began to pray in the spirit. And it was one of my first adult encounters that I remember with the love of God. And it became evidence by what was coming out of my mouth that I didn't even understand. And it was no problem because I just grew in it in the Lord. Amen. And so then some years later, I had a moment, we were living in Indiana, and it was like a whole, I still, I still at that time didn't even like position myself. And I will just tell you guys that being around like healthy church family and people in your life that are going to encourage you in the things of God is so absolutely vital. Do not, if you're not planted, plant. And if you're planted, don't uproot. <laughs> 
You only move and shift gears by the Spirit of God when he tells you to, because being with people is so vital. So we were in Indiana. In our marriage, we were making the first decision at this point to actually go to church together and put our kids in church. We had two small kids at this point. And I was in my car... (laughs) This is because, you know, we had CD players then. It wasn't cool like now. And some of you guys are like, who knows an 8-track? Who? Come on, some of y'all, come on, yeah. If you don't know what an 8-track is, we have got to do some generational bridging today. So, but listen, I, it was like a CD. And so the CD is playing in my car, and it's Cece Winans. And I've never even heard of her. And the other thing is, is I don't even know where the CD came from. And I don't know if my dad remembers this, but I actually called him because I was having such an encounter. When you have encounters with the Lord, you remember things, right? We know this just about encounters, period, right? When an encounter is happening, we remember it. And so I remember calling my dad and I'm like, did you like put this in my car? Like they lived in Missouri. I'm like, did you just like put this in my car? And he's like, no, no. I'm telling you to this day, I still don't know where that CD came from. So that CD was playing in my car. And Cece Wynum was on there, and she has this song. Um, I think the name of it's actually like an alabaster jar, alabaster box, but that's what it's about. So I just want to share with you guys some things that the Lord did to me in this love encounter. And as you hear it, just remember that his love is so deep and wide, and he says nothing will ever separate you from it. And so the Lord began giving me a personal encounter of this. And here's what the very first verse of that song says. I'm not going to sing it. The room grew still as she made her way to Jesus. She stumbles through the cheers that made her blind. She felt such pain and some spoke in anger and heard folks whisper, there's no place here for her kind. Still on she came through the shame that flushed her face until at last she knelt before his feet. And though she spoke no words, everything she said was heard as she poured her love for the master from her box of alabaster. And it goes on. You'll have to just look it up on your own. And it goes in to even tell the story of like she thought she had found love and how to do love And so she just poured everything into this treasure box. And I felt the spirit of the Lord in that moment in the car. It was like a vessel inside of me poured out. And he said, just lay it down. Just pour it out. Just pour it out. And so I I literally drove around in my car weeping and saying, I'm just going to pour it out. I don't even know what all I'm pouring out, but I'm just going to pour it out. Thank you. And I was just encountering the love of God. And I want to read the story to you. She references Mary a little bit, but um, in her alabaster box, and there's a couple different accounts of women and um, them pouring this out before Jesus. And I want to read that. It's in Luke 7, 36. It's a little bit long, so just hang with me. But the whole thing is important. You guys tell me when it's there. Thank you, Father God. Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. 
And he went to the, so it's talking about Jesus. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, the woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster, alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wipe them with her hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, oh wait, I think I skipped a verse. And now when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who was touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one who he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house and you gave me no water for my feet, but she washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? And I encountered the love of God so radically in this that I'm picturing the sinner, the sinner woman. Some people like to say that this is a promiscuity of life going on with her. We don't really know. Sin, sin. But the thing is, is I'm thinking, how did she get what was in the jar? Through sins of action? <laughs> Through a storing up of whatever? And what Jesus did was he freely received this as a beautiful sacrifice to him. Amen? That's what it looks like for us just to come before the Lord and say, just have all of me. And in that place of just fully offering ourselves to him, the thing that we get back is the sweetness of his love. And so I just do that over and over again with the Lord. I'm like, I'm going to give myself to you all over again. Here's specific things in this encounter with the Lord. This is why encounters with the Lord are so vital in our life. And I'm just going to stop right there because some of you might even be like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I just want to encourage you that I truly believe that not only is something going to like pierce you for a desire to encounter the love of God, like right now as we're speaking, but that we are going to agree in agreement together in Jesus' name, because he doesn't withhold his love, that you'll leave from this place, seeking, desiring, and having encounters with the love of God. And a very critical thing about this is positioning ourselves for the poor. She went in, and she got at his feet, and she didn't care what everybody else was saying about her. She said, I have come to pour my love on the master from my box of alabaster. Nobody's going to stop me from doing it. You know, it's the thing we get to do on this side of heaven. When we're in heaven, this is going to be a natural flow, right? We have one opportunity on this side 
of heaven to willingly go and present ourselves at the feet of Jesus. And it's a beautiful exchange. When I watched the Lord do in that encounter of his love in the car, which is so funny because I think he just kind of trapped me into one place. Because <laughs> I just go. I was even on the go. <laughs> I was on the go to somewhere. And the Lord's like, I got you in one place and I'm going to play this song and we're going to do business. <laughs> I'm like, great. So just, he met me like where I was at in that moment. And he's so good that way to just meet us in the moment. But we can come to these moments by our choice as often as we choose by just coming and laying ourselves before the Lord. And for some of you guys, you might think like, this is super mushy. I would just like to say that according to the five love languages that most of you guys say, like affection's your top thing. Words of affirmation are like sometimes your top thing or next top thing. Jesus is good at it. God is so good at it. <laughs> He's so good when we go get into his presence to fill us with a tangible presence of his love. And he will tell us who we truly are. Way more than we could ever even begin to try to say that for each other. So in this place of love, I had the Lord begin to heal me of soul trauma. I'll just put it that way. Like soul trauma. I actually felt like the Lord specifically told me to say those words to you. That our soul is made up of our mind, will, emotions, conscience. Our spirit man's perfected when we come into Christ. But like our soul is dealing with stuff. And the love of God, <laughs> when it comes into that place, there was like soul trauma in my life. Memories, I already said, when we have encounters, we remember them. I had some I wanted to forget. <laughs> they were not Jesus encounters. And he began to remove shame I had situations I put myself in. Is it okay if I just, I'm just being transparent, right? Because we grow, we grow from like this place because what he's done for me, this is his heart's desire for every single one of us. You see a woman standing before you who's been healed because of the love of God. But like there was shame on my life. We can sometimes encounter shame because things have happened to our life that we didn't have any control over. I just, be free in Jesus' name through the love of God. And we can have another level of shame that comes up on our life. That's because we put ourselves there. That's a whole other thing to work through with the Lord. <sighs> and I did that with the Lord. I did that. And my husband, we've done this together. Yeah, like he just loved me, even though from the age of 10 to 18, I only could be satisfied by the love of other men. He took me and loved me. He knew it. There's a lot of work to be done, but he just stood by me while the Lord has done it. And I stood by him while the Lord has done it because his love does it. Amen. So I saw like soul trauma being healed. I saw um, shame going performance performance going with encountering the love of God where I thought the only way that people would actually love me is by what I would do for them. I don't anymore. <laughs> I'm loved by the Lord regardless of what you think about it or regardless of what I do for you. I'm so loved by him and you're so loved by him. 
to be able to settle into that place. This is why we have to have encounters with the love of God. And what I just really believe that the spirit of God wants to do is just draw. He's drawing in you guys. He's drawing people into this place with him because things of the world are big and thick. And it is the love of God that will penetrate through them with any situation we're dealing with. I had an encounter I was praying to actually have. Um, and I got to have it last week with a coworker. And I watched this beautiful person say to me, I don't know anything. And the vulnerability to even say that. And I said, that's nothing for the Lord. Let's just start with he loves you. This is him drawing you. Let's just recognize the draw. <laughs> it is God that does that by his spirit. So, so many things came through that encounter. I want to share Colossians 2, 8 through 10. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. It says, beware, at least anyone cheats you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and power. This verse says to me, don't be deceived by the traditions of people. Right? The truth resides in the love of God over us and what he says about us and that is our place of completeness you guys have heard the movie like you complete me <laughs> the phrase of you complete me I literally had to come to the place and I go in this place with the Lord all the time no matter what I'm going through when I feel like I'm trying to make another person complete an aspect of my life that I know that God is designed for I go back to this place you complete me you complete me my husband is a bonus He's just a bonus. My kids are bonus. My church family's bonus. It's bonus, right? Bonus is good. <laughs> but like God is who completes me. Everyone can go away and leave me, and I am whole. That's the place to be, and we go into that place when we encounter the love of God. Romans 5 and 8, I'm going to just keep going. It says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Just come. He already knew it. He said, I am coming regardless of your sin. So just come and get before me. Okay, and here's the second point I want to go into. It says, by his spirit. So the first one was really about, um, let me rephrase that one for you. It says, by his spirit, we know the truth about love, and by his spirit, we receive it. And here's the second one. By his spirit, we apply that love we have received towards others. So this is the two-direction place of that commandments that we read, those two commandments. There's this place of being in the love of God and giving out from them that place. That's how we actually love people. So 1 John 4, 19, it says we love because he first loved us. He went first. And how does it say that we love? Because he first loved us. So I just go back. Do you guys remember even like being early in a relationship and being like, who's going to say I love you first? <laughs> and I actually asked my husband <laughs> last night, I said, who, who said that first? And we were like, I don't know. And then he's like, I think we went like one, two, three, I love you. 
like we did at the same time. And I was like, no, we didn't do that. <laughs> and I was like, who, who said it first? And I, he said, I think you did. And I was like, yep, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> because that's really where I was in my life. I was like, I love you. I love you. Like this boy, I love you. This boy, I love you. And I was like, I don't even know what love is. I was like, but I love you. Will you give it back to me? <laughs> we do this with people, actually, just in general. It doesn't have to be like that kind of relationship, but we just long to be accepted and loved. And being complete in the Lord makes everything else doable. <laughs> it does. It makes that love walk be right. I'm going to see where I'm going with time. <laughs> I don't want to speed up, but I am going to finish eventually. So I want to share a really quick story about Addie, and then I'm going to move into something else really quick because I want to just hit a little bit on being able to receive. We can't give out something we haven't received. So what does our love look, walk look like towards other people? So you guys know Addie. And so Addie was born with an extra chromosome. Funny enough is, and so the world's like labeled it as like trisomy 21 or Down syndrome. And the thing that I love about this is the 21 and the tri being in that. Because tri just represents Trinity. And then 21, actually, the Word of God tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians something. There's only six books. Just go find it. That there is 21 gifts that have been poured out. And Ad Addie actually has an extra chromosome in her body. And I believe that what that does with her life, and you guys will see this if you've encountered other people that were born with Down syndrome, is a capacity to love shamelessly. And I have watched Addie do this over my life, and I had this encounter with her that the Lord began to share with me. She actually said to me last week, I was trying to have a conversation with somebody, she just kept like, you know, it's like when like somebody's standing there and they're like, and I was like, Addie, yes. <laughs> so then I've shifted my attention. She had something to tell me. She literally said, I am obsessed with you. And I was like, that was what she wanted to say. But it's, there's a purity over her. And God has poured out his love to me personally through Addie. She prays for me all the time, all the time. Some of you guys have witnessed this. Here's the thing that the Lord did for me with this. This is Michael's her brother. She's precious. So Addie, she did this thing. She, she'll text you. Careful if you give her your number. She'll text you. She'll text you a lot. So she'll text you. And she was texting me a line. And it said, I love you too. I love you too. Not I love you, but I love you too. And I was like, Lord, what is going on with this? And the Lord was like, well, when do people say that? When we say I love you. I love you too. Addie's so sure of my love for her. And not just my love for her, but like God's love for her. This girl worships the Lord with abandonment with abandonment. And she's so sure of his love over her life that her natural response has become, I love you too. I don't even have to say it. She's just positioned, I love you too. There's a heaven response that the Lord is asking for in this place that he's poured out his love and he's saying, would you just say, I love you too? 
I'm right here. So I do that a lot with the Lord. Do you tell the Lord you love him? When you do, it does things to you. <laughs> he doesn't have to have that, but it does things to you. Because there's like, it's like, it's like in a marriage covenant, right? We'd want to hear this both ways. That's how it goes both ways. It's so precious. I'm going to read some, a couple verses to you really quick, and you guys can go back and look them up later. But this is about just loving people. And you guys don't even have to pull them out because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut through. So John 15, 13, you're going to recognize it. Greater love has no man than this, than he lay down his life for his friends. I love that. But then you might say, I would about the ones that are not my friends. What about those people? In Luke 6, 27, it goes all the way down to 36, but it actually says, but I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. And there's some other great powerful verses right after that. So what does God say to do? Love them too. <laughs> love them too. How do we do that? We do it from a place of having received the love of God because our filter changes because we're realizing now because of our encounter with the love of God, that's really all they need. That's all they're lacking. So I am now therefore a bridge. And then what happens is we pray for them. We pray because it does a thing to our heart. I spent time praying this week over people. I literally had moments, I was like, I do not like that. I do not like that. <laughs> that is a call to prayer. <laughs> that is a call to prayer. Because will we say what's in our head or will we say what heaven is saying? Is that what we're saying, is what heaven is saying? And so it's a call actually to prayer. Matthew 10, 7 says, and as you go, Preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, so freely give. It doesn't say to the who you choose. <laughs> it doesn't say just to your friends. And then to your enemies, just leave them there. I'll deal with them later. There's a freedom that God just wants to come over everybody. And for a world that doesn't know love, how will they know unless we show? And so it comes back to that place right there with us, with the Lord. So this actually is something that our filter begins to change. Because what happens if our filter doesn't change is we'll require people to love us according to our revelation of love. Let it sink in. Do you want people to love and you love according to God's revelation and what he says? or according to like what the world's throwing at it. That's really it. Like we'll require people to love us according to the depth of our revelation of God's love. And sometimes we can be requiring people to love us in a way that is ungodly. Anybody, anybody get that? <laughs> sometimes we can. We can ask people to complete us. We can ask our spouse to be something they were not designed to be. We can ask our children, our coworkers, just our family relationships, people in general. <laughs> We can sometimes ask them to be something in our life that was only the placeholder for the Lord himself. Right? So like, just let it sink in. Be like, God, you complete me. I will not require, just begin with that statement. I will not require for other people to complete me. I am completed in you. And the bonus comes. Just the bonus relationships come in that place. Let them off the hook. I'm going to speed up a little bit here, but just let people off the hook, okay? It says, mean people, hard things, and evil things, it comes back to a lack of revelation of God 
in their lives. 1 John 4, 8 says, whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So can we just look at people and the hard things and be like, I'm going to agape love you. And I'm going to recognize right now that the reason you don't know how to agape love me back is because you don't know God. I don't put an expectation on people to love me the way that I need to be loved by my God. Even, even amongst other believers, we work on our love walk all the time amongst each other. And this is why we talk about mercy and grace and forgiveness. Because even in that love walk, like all the time, one to another. But I just don't expect people to love me in a way when they don't know God that actually requires them to know God. I have to show them the Lord. And then their love walk too will change. This person that I told you about at work, she said, again, I had been in praying to have this encounter with her. And she's like, something's missing. And I'm like, Whew. yes, something's missing. <laughs> so, but I didn't go in like, what'd you say? Gangbusters, I like it. Miss Mary, you're awesome. Gangbusters, yeah, I didn't go in there like freaking around. Like the reason this conversation was open was actually because of and nothing I said at that moment. She initiated the conversation and it was because she was encountering the love and safety of God when in my presence. I was saying nothing. She knew she found a safe place. So then I call on the Holy Spirit and say, what do you want to say? How far are we going? Where's the moment? Do we just get her born again right now? Let's do it. <laughs> like it but it's, it's a beautiful, we need to create a safe place for people. And then we call on the name of the Lord and say, what does this look like? Amen. And listen, I had to break down some barriers with people. What I have found about strong women that don't know God is I have to let them know that I am not against them. Because when you see a healed, restored woman of God and man of God, there is a confidence like Peter that roams around. And sometimes people don't know what to do with it. And so I just, I just like break walls down and be like, you are amazing. You are good at that. You're good at that job. You're good at that thing you're doing. I love it. Thank you so much. This is awesome. I just, I just do it through words. <laughs> I just do it through words and create safe spaces that people know I am for you. It doesn't mean I like everything that you're doing, but I am for you. I am for you. And actually, Art, Art just said to me right before I came over here to start ministering, he said, you win. That's all he said. You win. That's it in the things of God, right? Like, we win. And this is how winning is done, is to stay at his feet. And then we go from that place of being loved so deeply by the Lord that we go out to other people and we see winning be done in their life too. Uh, I'm going to have Kingston come up and we're just going to play. We're just going to do like one little tidbit of worship right here. Cause I want to give you guys a time. I always feel like it's so important before we leave, when we've been hearing the word, um, the Bible talks about like the soil and the readiness of our heart. And we're in like all kinds of different places before the Lord, but the enemy wants to come and take the word but there's a stirring that's going on by the spirit of the Lord to just receive the word. And it comes in such a beautiful way where we just respond to heaven. 
like how I shared with what Addie was like, I love you too. And the Lord was like, I'm just asking you to say to me, I love you too. Thank you for loving me. And I love you too. And so we're going to go back into a place of worship for just a minute. Um, And the last thing I want to share with you as we go into worship for a minute is that I had this beautiful encounter. Since my mom has gone to heaven, I was several years ago, I was at a ladies conference and um, I was actually on my knees and I was worshiping. And you guys will see me do this all the time. I'm Let me say it. Sometimes I say things and it can be like, boom, she just said that. I'm not here for you, but I am. But like, I'm here to worship the Lord. I just, I'm trying to see, it doesn't even come out right when I try to like say it like that. I just am being me. I'm here to worship the Lord. And I'm here to be a part of the body of Christ to see you built up and edified because that's what we're supposed to be doing and to see me built up and edified because I am also part of the body. But when it comes to my worship, like my my worship is to the Lord. And I was at this ladies conference and I was on my knees and I look over and my mom has has shown up in some of my dreams and just a couple nights ago, she, she did again. And I've had four or five since she passed away about, how long's it been dad, eight, eight years ago? about eight years ago. Look, it's actually okay that we don't know that. (sighs) Can I just say that? This year I forgot the day that my mom died. I, for the first time I forgot it. The day went by and I didn't even recall it. Cause I'm just gonna tell you healing has gone on in me. And so I was just down on my knees and I was worshiping. I was in a place where I didn't even like know people at this conference. So it was so sweet because nobody needed anything from me. I was just worshiping the Lord. And I look over and there is my mother. And I know we're surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses. And there is my mother. And the only thing she said to me is this is what it's all about. And the only thing I was doing was worshiping the Lord. That's all I was doing. There's such beautifulness that happens in that place when we will intimately go before the Lord and let him lavish his love on us, but then empower us to see that love lavished out on other people. Like your hearts are softening. Some of you are even thinking about people right now where you're like, I have not been loving well, or that person or that situation. And then we try in ourselves to correct it. But what I want to encourage you with is as you spend time with the Lord, a natural correction takes place. Spending time with the Lord is what will make the love of God come and roll out on your life. I'm convinced of it because I walk in it. The church is called the bride, the church as a whole. We can relate to vows happening between a bride and a bridegroom. And Psalm 61, 8 says, So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I, might da- that I may daily perform my vows. I've made a vow to the Lord. He made one to me first. <laughs> and I've made a vow to him. And he actually says, So I will sing praise to your name forever, that I may daily perform my vows. That actually says to me, Praising the Lord helps me perform my vows. 
So I will praise him so I can do what he's asking me to do. Amen. I was walking down the hall in the hospital. I'm a nurse also, and I had this doctor totally at random, totally at random. I was going into a patient room, and he looked at me down the hall, and then he came a little bit closer, and he said, you are well loved. I said, thank you, I am. <laughs> thank you, I am. I think he thought it was all Mark. <laughs> I think it, I do. I think he thought it was all Mark. I'm just gonna tell you right now, as well as he loves me, he can never love me into completeness. He can never make me carry the countenance of God that would cause another person to say, without knowing my husband, I might add, you're well loved. There's a place for us with the Lord to just sit at his feet and be well loved. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.